Welcome to the Coruscant Nights podcast, a conversation shared by three friends passionate about Star Wars, and each with different perspectives on the franchise. My name is Cooper, and I'm joined tonight by Mark. Hello there. And Jack. This is the way. We are so happy to be here talking about our favourite thing in the world. Alongside debating the most difficult topics in the Star Wars genre, we will talk about new show episodes, as well as discussing our own project ideas. Thank you for joining us, and as always, may the Force be with you. So today we're going to discuss our favourite Star Wars film, because what else would you do for a first episode, like, honestly? Do you want to start us off, Cooper? I think I would like to. So, my my favourite film is not set in stone, okay? I really, at the moment, I think my favourite film is Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I've rewatched a lot of films recently, but I think Empire just kind of takes, takes the topping at the moment. But it's changed quite a lot over the last few years. Um, Rogue One's been up there. I had had um, the Phantom Menace at one point, which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, but I've, I'd like to make a case for the Last Jedi, and I know it's a very polarizing film. I know it's been heavily criticized by a lot of the Star Wars community, but I'd like to make a case for some of the reasons why I think it's a really solid film. Not not a favorite film, but definitely. A film that deserves more recognition than what it has, okay? Mm-hmm. So, I think the first and main point I'd like to discuss is the fact that it, Ryan Johnson, the director, he does something completely different with Star Wars. He does he takes these characters, puts them in new situations we haven't seen before, um, and it looks at different themes as well that I think are quite unique. And one of those important themes, I believe, is identity, uh, especially in the case of Rey, and Luke, and even Kylo Ren, looking at his story uh, throughout the film, and in the context of the the Rise of Skywalker, the film that followed. So, I think Ryan Johnson does a really good job in managing these characters. He chose to do something different with the film in terms of settings. It take it starts directly after the Force Awakens, rather than having a, a like a year gap or a two year gap like some other films do. Which I think is quite unique. But also challenging. Yeah. Um, and we don't really see that. So the way I've kind of described it is it's almost like... I know it's a tone film, but it's almost like a continuation of The Force Awakens. It's like a four-hour, five-hour movie because there's no real time jump like in normal Star Wars. Not normal Star Wars films, but you know you know what I mean. Like, like episode two between to three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So there's like a massive time... Yeah time jump there yeah. but you obviously needed to do that for um for storytelling purposes of course yeah i also think that the the last jedi i almost said the rise of skywalker that was embarrassing um i think the rise of Skywalker. nope i did it again it's embedded in my brain <coughs> no so the last jedi it's good at world building i know a lot of people would disagree with me on this point and i can already see jack he's he's got his fist balled up and he's, he's, he's ready to here. he's ready to have a go at me but I think, and this also ties in with um, the cinematography of the film. Shot really well, and they go to these places that contrast really nicely. I think that, I'll go to Crate first. I think Crate's probably the most interesting planet of, of the new ones that they introduce. It's, it's very bland on the surface. It's very cool, like very grey and kind of... You know, drab. very boring. Yeah, yeah drab. drab. Yeah. yeah, with the whites and the greys. 
And then when it's kind of kicking into action, you get the red and it's like really nice. Um, and creates just an interesting planet anyway, because there's clearly some history there. Mm. Not that these are like things that you notice while watching the film and think, oh yeah, that's my favorite film. But it's just these little things that kind of come together that, that really make the film kind of enjoyable. I know that a lot of fans have an issue with the way this story is told, with its plot structure, that some people may describe it as a slow car chase, <laughs> which I don't disagree with, but that's basically generalising the plot, yeah. and you can say that about any Star Wars movie. I'm not, I'm not going to come up with one off the top of my head. Actually, yes, I will. The Rise of Skywalker. You know, they're chasing around this artifact to stop a madman. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm. So, I feel like, in that sense, you can't keep comparing it to what a bad plot would be. It's definitely got its levels. It deals with the different characters pretty well. You get the Ray and Luke story, which is great. It's not the classic master train apprentice type story. You've got Luke, he's feeling vulnerable, he's feeling scared. You've got Ray, who's feeling scared. You've got these two characters who have come together who can help each other, but don't want to. And then you've got your other subplot with with Kylo Ren, who's kind of struggling where, with where he is. He's feeling defeated after the Starkiller base fight against Rey. He's, he's angry. He's feeling almost depressed in a sense that this is what he's come to. He's trained so long, he's trained for so long, and... This is where he's gotten to lose against a, someone who's not even trained properly. And I don't know. I just, I like his progression in this story. I think that he and Snoke bounce really well off each other. It's got great development for Kylo. And then, although it's probably not the most liked interaction, I think Finn and Rose's journey is at least... <laughs> is at least somewhat interesting in developing Finn as a character, in getting him out in the world and seeing it not just through the lenses of the First Order and through a scared hero. He's more willing to confront danger. He's willing to go out on missions. Even though in that scene particularly he is trying to flee, he does learn to to kind of come to his senses that, you know, he's got talent that he can... He can, you know, do something impactful in the galaxy. Such as when he nearly kamikaze. Yeah, exactly. So when, in on Crate, when he, when he is going to give his life to save the Resistance, which is a very noble thing to do. Um, so it's learning that, and it's that sort of development that these characters need that I personally feel was lacking in Episode Nine. I thought it was very, very story-driven. I love stories that are character-driven, and... The Last Jedi did that for me. So those are just some of the basic points that I kind of like about The Last Jedi. Again, it's not my favourite film, but I'd like to make a case for it. For the most part, I, I, I enjoy the sequels quite a lot. Uh, there are... I have my issues with it. In fact, I decided to rewrite Episode Nine when I hated it so much. But that's for another day. So that's kind of my thoughts. So, you know, what do you guys want to say? Do you guys feel in a similar sense? Do you disagree or...? I'll be honest, I kind of disagree with your... You disagree? Opinions. Okay. I, it's because I'm not the biggest fan of the sequels. Mm. But you did make a good case, though. Mm. I'll admit. 
I think um, I think the main thing that I drew upon from that was probably your case was very valid. Aside from like, I feel like if they just didn't, they didn't need to have the need, obviously, to have Rory's kiss, Finn, to kind of give a yeah. indefinite portrayal of how he's <clears throat> changed. Like, I think the relationship as friends would have done similar than making it some weird love. Thing, you know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I do think that was quite unnecessary. And I'm sure Ryan Johnson has his reasons, reasons for putting that yeah. in. Yeah, um, that people just don't understand. Mm. I personally don't understand it. The folks next to me don't understand it. And that's, <laughs> that's okay. We just got to move on, from, that move on <laughs> from it. And you know, everything's fine in the end because when uh, Finn gives Rose the little pat on the shoulder, that's friends, just kind of friend zoned. Friend zones. We've on. We've moved, moved on. on from that friendship yeah. or that relationship. It's fine. Don't need to worry about it anymore. He is JJ Abrams, our saving grace in that sense. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, um, I think it's about time of that compelling case from Cooper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, to um talk about what is your favourite Star Wars movie by chance? Sure. Well, I'm one of those people that's always stuck by the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've always been my favourite of the Star Wars films, although I often struggle to decide which one I like the best. But I probably juggle between A New Hope and Empire the most. Good choices. Mm. And for this uh, episode, I'm going to be speaking about A New Hope. Okay. Yeah. Why, so, why A New Hope over, over Empire. Empire? Well, I think there's some themes in there that I'd like to explore. Sure, yeah. So an example of one of them is... Now, this might not necessarily be the main thing you think of when you think of A New Hope, but it's actually quite a tragedy because we start off with Luke, the innocent farm boy, who loses his guardian's uncle Owen and Aunt Baru to the Empire. Oh, yeah. Mm. And another example of a tragedy is, although it's not necessarily explored its consequences, especially on Princess Leia, but the destruction of her home planet Alderaan. But I think what, what one of the uh, most major plot points of a, of a New Hope that is commonly explored is its simple narrative of good versus evil. It's pretty clear that that's what they're going for. You've got Luke the the uh, force sensitive son of a supposedly killed Jedi general against the evil Darth Vader, one of the most feared characters in I would say any franchise. Fiction in general. Yeah. Fiction in general, yeah. Mm. Got something. I've got a question for you, Mark. Yeah, what's Ooh, that? Already. Do you think who do you think is the pure good in A New Hope? Is it Obi Wan or is it Luke? That's a good question. I would kind of say both but Obi-Wan give me one (laughs) Obi-Wan is definitely the one who inspires Luke to to destroy the Death Star I think that's the right answer if you guys could see me right now I'm currently giving the thumb of approval so I agree too right here good I'm still going to stick with Luke though (laughs) feel free to it's your it's your it's your moment of of discussion yep anyway on to the next point uh, it says it in the name, Hope. Hope is definitely explored in the movie. Uh, we've got the hope that the Death Star will be destroyed, that the oppressive empire will end. We obviously know that doesn't. It only gets worse. But it's certainly something that gets explored. One of the things I find most interesting about A New Hope, its historical relevance to what has happened in the, in the past, in the real past. Mm. So an example of this is the end of the Republic and the founding of the Empire. 
resembles a certain republic in Germany that ended to a certain political movement in the 1930s. Do you think that it was directly inspired by that, though? I don't, but I think it can be related to it. Yeah, okay. Because I know, maybe not necessarily the New Hope, but in Return of the Jedi, and George Lucas has said himself, he's uh, taken a basis upon the Vietnam War. Mm. I believe he's directly quoted as saying, Something along the lines of the Ewoks are inspired by the Viet Cong. Mm. But back to A New Hope. Uh, yes, I I like the historical relevance of of this film. And you're a history man, so that makes I am. sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that lines up. It's pretty pretty typical of me to say, but yeah. that's one of the main reasons I really yeah. like it. Another point in A New Hope that's explored is a moral grey area. It gets built upon further in the following films. But Han Solo starts off as a smuggler working to basically get dirty money, pay off his debts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know he becomes a leader in the rebellion later on. Even in A New Hope, he joins the fight. But I like the, the aspect where you follow this character and you're like, is he going to stay and help them? Is he just going to leave them? Mm. And what's going to happen? But do you think that you're talking about like the, the morality of characters there? Do you think Han Solo is generally in that film a good character? As in, like, a, he's a good person, I should say. I would say he is, yes. You think so? Yes. Why? Well, because he does what he thinks is right in helping the princess, and helping the... Rebellion? Yes, Jack? Um, just to quickly butt into here, I think his uh, reasons for the princess is more of a love in personal... personal you know it's, what? Um, it's not really more for the sake of... The, the, I mean. the galaxy and just to quickly say my thing about it is um I think they deliberately intentionally have the scene straight after he talks to um Obi-Wan and Chewie in, in the cantina when he goes to Jabba about the, the money they deliberately added that in just to show that like even if you did have a glimpse of hope for him at first that he's still entirely a smuggler they make yeah. him look like he's laundering money He's not. He's untrustworthy, which makes mm-hmm, you wonder. Mm-hmm. By the end, obviously, spoiler alert. Um, he comes in and helps save Luke. So like, that's yeah. why he left to the last second to like give you like, oh, come on, we really need like a savior right now, kind of. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree, especially mm-hmm. about the princess. It is largely personal reasons, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm getting at with the smuggling. Is he's he's kind of a morally gray sort of mm-hmm. character to start off with, at least. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, that's good. To uh, finalize my uh, point on a new hope. Now, it was originally meant to be just A New Hope or just Star Wars as it was when it first came yeah. out. Yeah. But what I find really interesting about it is that even though that's how it was uh, originally intended, it did become a really big setup for the following films because it was left open as to whether the Empire would continue, whether it was defeated, nobody really knew. And that's what came in with Empire and Return of the Jedi. Hmm. I'm kind of curious, actually, and I don't know, but was Star Wars always planned to be a trilogy? Well, I think he said it was... He had a trilogy written and an idea, but he didn't completely have the groundworks for it, and he wasn't okay. sure if the yes. um, the Universal, I think, at the time, were going to let him pursue it, considering how, like, out of nowhere and out of pocket um, Star Wars was, but I think it's because of how m- much it, it blew up in that in that time exactly. that they basically were like yeah it has to be a trilogy now not right. just one one off yeah which explains why it was left open it seemed it was intended to be a solo film but mm. that's 
that explains why I was left open for following movies. Mm. Do you remember what the last scene in that film was? In A New Hope? Yeah. Yeah, the medal ceremony. Good. Yeah. Very good. Poor Chewie. Poor Chewie. At least that's the sequel is what they did right in Rise of Skywalker. He mean, he got his medal in the end. Yeah, but that felt forced. I felt yeah, like... I fan service, but that's a whole other video. Fan service. <laughs> no, a whole other podcast. A whole other everything. Fan service and stuff. We'll bring that to you in a in the following week. <laughs> yeah. un, un, undated. My, my case for A New Hope, I'd say, is at rest. But I would like to say that I have an honourable mention of Rogue One. Okay. It's also one of my favourite Star Wars films. Okay, what do you like about Rogue One? Just kind of. I'm going to be honest. I think a large part of it is to do with the fact that it's set, basically, be- well, just before New Hope, but I mean in the original trilogy in general. Yeah. Mm. And then finding out how the Death Star plans were actually received by the rebellion. I guess. I guess it gave an added layer to like, how is it crucial those plans were? Because like exactly. And if you just watch it without Rogue One, it's kind of like, well, they could have just like. Oh, snuck into a building, stole the plans mm. off a USB, mm. and that was it. But it kind of showed how dedicated they were to sacrifice exactly. so many people exactly. in the rebellion for it, you know. And that's the type of thing I enjoyed about it. Yeah, that's good. Well, Jack, would you like to tell us about your favourite Star Wars film? Go right, here we go, people. So, my I, unlike the other two, my predecessors in the podcast, I have a very definitive uh, spot for my favourite one, and that is Revenge of the Sith, number three. Um. I have so much to talk about it, but I'll try and condense it into a reasonable, listenable uh, version. Initially, though, um, it's the most Star Wars, Star Wars film, in my opinion. Cooper's nodding his head. I'm shaking my head, mate. So, I'll give some reasons for Cooper also, too, and for you guys that are listening. Um, I just believe it had many, many dogfights in space, especially being a quite a larger leap to have a dogfight as your opening scene in a movie where where it it was its followers the pre the two ones before it were quite hated upon so it, it could have started out instead of cutting it into the lightsaber battle which we eventually see with um count dooku and anakin and obi-wan but instead they try to give an added layer of friendship in between anakin and obi-wan thus building that kind of emotional tie on how much they've been through together for, of course, the up-and-coming um, tragedy that happens, which I'll mention about later. Um, not just that, it also had numerous uh, lightsaber battles, which are all considered to be one of the highest of the entire saga. Yes, Cooper? If I may interject, I have a, a little bit of an issue with what you, you're saying. Okay, I'm always. So, you said it's the most Star Wars film. I feel like Star Wars isn't definitive and it's not set in stone what it is and it's different to everyone so i'm just curious what is what is star wars to you when you say that revenge of the sith is the most star wars film well cooper i think you just kind of contradicted yourself there i listed what i thought the um most star wars things is which is dogfights lightsaber battles significant um altercations for the universe such as epic large-scale battles because the name itself is literally star wars so it's in the stars you know but Obviously, you're right. It's a very opinionated, but that is the whole point of this, um, kind of just to get a grasp of what we're all thinking and how our kind of opinions in future upcoming episodes are, might be more swayed for like prequel love, sequel love, or even um, original trilogy love. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, next up, oh, okay, I think everyone can agree on this one. It has, I mean, 
Okay, not this part, but John Williams is an absolute mm-hmm. legend for Star oh, yes. Wars. He most certainly is. So good that he's still going. Oh, yeah, he's crazy at the age he's going at now. But um, personally, I think it has the best soundtrack and score in any of the films. I just think... I think John Williams didn't initially think at first there was going to be sequels after George was was done with episode three, so I think he just absolutely went ballistic with the amount of unreal scores, especially for the final fight and Order 66 and just everything. It was just... Uh, it was just... So good to hear the emotion rather than just see it and and mm-hmm. hear the dialogue, you know, because we all know how um cheesy some of the dialogue and mm-hmm. memed upon it was on, <laughs> online. But you know that, that's okay. Yeah, it happens to all Star Wars films. Um, next is I know I know Trooper earlier said that the best visuals he reckons is for Last Jedi, but once again, it's just talking about our individual reasons for um our favorite movies, but. I, for more specifically, I think the visuals is because I think it looks more flawed in terms of how it does. It has the rough CGI, you know, some choppy cuts here and there. But I think The Last Jedi had, oh, I think it had absolutely wonderful cinematography and the visuals are just blown it out in terms of the CGI quality. But I think Star Wars, especially from the original trilogy, had a lot of a rough and kind of Hard to look at things, which makes it more continuity and Star Warsy for me. You know what I mean? If you I've got nothing to nothing say. I, th- I I agree with you. Yeah. I think uh, obviously it came out in two thousand five. Mm. Um, I'm sure we've all seen sort of videos and movies from that time period <laughs> where it was a little bit, a little bit wonky. Uh, a little bit wonky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think it definitely does the best with what it could. Um, I just think with what was available yeah I just I personally think that with maybe the sequels I think and obviously with time it's going to happen but the CGI is a lot more crisp the visual effects are a lot more exciting to look at I agree with that but yeah for me I just like the old kind of choppy a bit Mm. less wonky CGI but of course it's not going to happen because no one wants to see that really now anyway do they but um, next I'm just going to briefly mention that instead of going off the more thematic um, structure is what the two um, Cooper and Mark said earlier. I'm going to go with more plot because I think Revenge of the Sith personally has the best, most emotional plot. Even though, even if you didn't watch the, the film synopsis and anything, or if you knew about what happens after, I think it just generally leads to a massive final conclusion, and that is primarily the downfall of Anakin, which the whole saga does revolve around the Chosen One, which is Anakin, and as we all know, Darth, which is another pet peeve on why I didn't really like the sequels. I thought they kind of just... They, they didn't want to mention Anakin. They they brought back Palpatine. I know that wasn't Ryan Johnson's fault, but they brought back Palpatine for no apparent reason three weeks before they started shooting. I just think they had no idea and they just went for fan service in the end, which didn't really, I think, worked out for them. But um, next is... I think it's the most emotional that actually makes you feel things, such as sadness. The amount of videos and people I know and just reaction in general, it had the most emotional um, scenes in the entire saga with Order 66 and killing the entire Jedi's basically and only leaving some to survive which the animated shows are clearly showing there's a lot more than first perceived but um, and Anakin's fall which are just two world changing events I'm like everyone always wonders when you watch the movie oh I wonder if um something else is going to happen or if he's not going to turn this time but it, that just shows how much you really really want something different, you know? I don't disagree with what you're saying. I do think Revenge of the Sith is quite emotional. But I'd like to make a case, I know this is your time, but of course. I personally think that Return of the Jedi has probably two more 
equally, if not more, emotional moments. Because understand with Anakin's downfall. That's definitely a personal emotional thing. It's we've gotten to know this character for so long that yes, it is sad to see it. But you look at in Return of the Jedi, you look at the sadness of the Luke versus Vader fight. Father versus son. Son's trying to turn his father to the light side. Son goes to the dark side momentarily. And it's just this conflict. It's swelling. It's emotional. It's really powerful. Order 66. Yes, there are Jedi killed that we know and love. And I understand that. It is sad. The music definitely does sway it in a particular way. But... In comparison, I'd like to compare it to the final scene of Return of the Jedi when everyone's come together in the Ewok village to celebrate that music as well. Bring it all together. Not the original music, the, like, the new music. The original music was terrible. Yeah, that's true. Um, and everyone's come together, they're hugging, they're celebrating, and I just think that's probably a bit more emotional and impactful. And I'd just like to quickly chime in and say that, Jack, I agree with your statement that Every time you rewatch uh, Revenge of the Sith, you do sometimes think, is he not going to turn yeah. this time? You always wonder. Yeah, that's very true. But um, I, I like your valid point, Cooper, but the thing that really, really defines my emotional one over that is I think the rest of that movie was pretty damn not great compared to everything else. Yeah, so no, I think I if you're... Like, I'm using my emotional one to boost my other one. Yeah, definitely. When that one, I think it was... Yeah, I agree. The music, once again, John Williams always carries with um, soundtrack and stuff. But I think primarily, like, I don't, I don't know. I think, obviously, if you grew up with the OT and you didn't see the prequels because that came out la- after, yes, it will be emotional. But I think more people generally, including me, prefer Anakin over Luke. I think yeah. Luke would. Yeah. I understand how Anakin is considered whiny, but I just didn't really care for Luke that much. And that's why, if I'm be honest, I was always rooting for Darth Vader and those OT movies. So, But um, I do... I do agree with what you're saying in terms of the emotionality. Like, I do agree the celebration was elite and it was very, it was very moving, but I just think it wasn't better than the other two that I said earlier. And I don't want to discredit what you're saying because I do think that the moments that you've pinpointed are very, yeah, very impactful. They're too, like what you were saying before, they're too galactic changing events. You've got the uh, annihilation of this... Would you call it a religion? Would you call the Jedi a religion? It is, it or is, a race? Well, that's what other characters in Star Wars... It's not a race? That's the Mandalorians, but that's for another time. Too. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you've got this whole, let's say, collective group mm. being taken out by what feels... Well, what really is their their their, their family, in a sense, with yeah. the clones. They've gotten to know those clones very mm. well. Um, so, I'm not trying to discredit what you're saying at all. I just... I, I'm making a comparison almost. Oh, of course. Which is which is what happens with like the third film in, in a trilogy. Mm, yeah, there was and you get you get one. some moments in the Rise of Skywalker as well. I don't think it's done as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's done nearly as well. Mm. But like there are those moments definitely. I just thought about this now. I'm just quickly interject with this again, and then I'll go on to my. It's your it's your bit. Oh, don't need, don't interject. Oh no no, it's all good. Um, I actually didn't think it is. Yeah, you, like we said, it's galactic changing in Revenge, but you're right, maybe it's... Oh, you didn't really say this, but I think it's insinuated. But um, the emotional... It's more a smaller scale, even though it is galactic changing, because if Luke killed Darth, and then he might be the next one, and if Luke gets Darth Vader back, then it changes. 
we all know that, but I think because it's father and son, it's more interper it's more personal rather than large scale, which is always, you know, you can toss and turn between which one you think. But um, this next point is going to very be brief because it's true and I will not hear otherwise. Best lightsaber choreography, period. Agreed. Yep. Lovely. We all love that. Um, next one is, if a movie every time, I kind of mentioned this before, but if a movie every time makes you feel like, is it going to be a different outcome? It just shows how good the quality of filmmaking and it has on its audiences. Um, once again, because everyone else kind of talked about the world building, my world building, I think it gave us the coolest environments and places that I really, like, maybe not want to visit, such as Mustafa, but <laughs> coolest, coolest planets that, like, are so far and different from each other and so diverse. I, l I actually agree with Cooper and Crate. I really like Crate and how different, but also kind of similar it was to other, like, on the surface it looked similar to other places. But um, I think it just has more in episode three. And they're recognisable as well. Oh, yeah. 100%. How often you ask a, a general Star Wars fan, like, they'll probably not craters. Maybe, okay, don't ask for a Star Wars fan. Mm. Maybe someone who has very little knowledge Middle, of it. Yeah. They won't know Crate. No. But you look at, they'll know Tatooine. They'll mm. know Mustafar. They'll know maybe Kashyyyk. I think Kashyyyk's a... Do you want to hear another one that a lot of people know that I Coruscant. know? Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah. but not just that. The most obscure name ever, which sticks to audiences. And I know a few people in my life who don't like Star Wars, but remember it? Naboo. Naboo. <laughs> Naboo. <laughs> Everyone forgets Naboo, but like they don't because it's such a... Even if you do forget it and you, you hear the name, you're like, oh, Naboo. Like it's such a weird name and also something that is such a beautiful planet. So you won't forget the, the That's look true. of it. But um, I'll just quickly sum up the, the environment. So I got my... Three favorite, probably, or four actually, from episode three are Mustafa, Coruscant, which doesn't really count because it's in the first three, two, unlike the other ones. So, like, technically, you could use that point for um, the other environments in episode two and one. But also, Coruscant is our name, so just representing, you know, how it is. Um, the next one, Felucia, which I cannot spell for the life of me, but I think you only see it briefly when Ayla Secura dies in, in um, Order 66. But it's such a beautiful, lush, native planet with a lot of colours and it's vibrant. And and finally, um, Utapal, which is where Grievous goes to That's run. a pretty cool planet. It's just underground. It's like almost like um, ant colonies underground, <laughs> yeah. like just yeah, large scale, yeah. you know. I just think it's so different, unique, and just outside the box thinking, which is why I like Star Wars films when they think outside the box, you know. I was just going to say quickly, with Felucia, um, having played Star Wars Battlefront <laughs> 2 and like... Having them introduce having mm. them introduce Felucia as a planet, I think it adds a lot more layers and real like natural beauty to the planet. Mm. Just seeing it on a much bigger scale than what it was than seeing Ail Secure be Shot. gunned down. Yeah. Um, but it it I know you only stay for a little bit, but you kind of get this glimpse and it's like oh yeah. I wonder what that's all about. And then you see it in this game, it's like oh my games, goodness. canon, lore, any, it, yeah. anything. It just expands. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But um. And just to sum up my point, because here's my final statement for now about Revenge of the Sith, is I just I just think entirely speaking, it has everything I've always wanted Star Wars movies to have, and the feeling I get rewatching it just it just never gets old to me. And some of the other ones when I rewatch can get repetitive in my eyes, but Revenge of the Sith, nah, it's just it's just my heart and treasure. Yeah. Thank nice. You. Very nice. Very very well said. You had a lot of points there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is what's so great about our podcast is that you've had three different perspectives on why we love Star Wars, the prequels 
and you know that those sort of uh, events that happen in that time period, the originals, the historical relevance, and the importance of the characters and the introduction of the the iconic characters, mm-hmm. and then the sequels and like the continuation of those journeys and the the way these films kind of like look and how they thematically relate to our real life. So it's it's really this is this is what this podcast is all about discussing these different things. Yeah, um, extending on that, I definitely agree with what you just said. And I also think that the reason why we also wanted to start this podcast is because of how passionate we are about every single minor topic, even if it's about one little scene that happened in the Star Wars film. I think that's what makes Star Wars so great, is that anything can literally happen, and everyone will have a different opinion on every single thing. It's not... It's not... Because it's not set in stone like other franchises, which have a lot of books and stuff. But for Star Wars, books are sort of most of the time made um, after a movie which extends on like lore and which the sequel trilogy actually has done quite a bit of actually well-written books that that try to make make sense of those films, even though it's, you know, it's those films. But um, Pretty difficult task. Pretty difficult task and I feel bad for the authors, but they're very enjoyable books. And that's another thing with Star Wars. It's not just films. It's also TV shows, which we're going to go into future episodes. And books, which... I know nowadays it's not the most popular thing because it's hardcover and you have to spend time reading and all. Who wants to read? But I, I absolutely love the books and comics. So and then once again, all of other people's favorites, video games, Jedi Fallen Order. Love Fallen that Order. game. Everyone loves that game. What's great be game? So Star Wars just has many medias which it can just extend our own opinions, um, other ideas that we have about the whole lore and universe in general, and just so much discussion topic topics to be created from it, which is just so. It's so good to have that, you know, for us to do. Yeah. Just quickly, favorite Star Wars project of all time. You put me on the spot. I, have. I can't think quickly. of one. In terms of what games? Your enjoy, enjoyability. You enjoy enjoyability. Let's go enjoyability. Uh, games. Sure. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Do I have to yeah, specific? specific. Yeah. Yeah. Specific. <laughs> well, at the moment, all I can think of is Jedi Fallen Order. That probably would be my favorite Star Wars mm. game. Okay. Looking forward to the next one. Yes, as we all are. Favourite Star Wars project? Oh, you would think I would say Revenge after all that, but let's be honest here, the only main thing I love from Disney has to be Mandalorian. I mm. just, I just, I can't wait for season three, and I know it's going to be finishing up soon, but the way that John and Dave has done that is just so good. I love it so Let much. Let me come back real quick. I didn't know, I thought we were excluding films. In, in <laughs> no, the no, 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 no. <laughs> the project, anything. Project, project. Well, then it's definitely going to be the film. Like okay. whether it's the movies or the shows, not all the shows, but mm. definitely, I would say Andor definitely up there. Mm. Ooh, yeah. I was gonna really say Andor like as well, Andor, yeah. Mandalorian also, and okay. then yeah. Just to add a two piece onto that because I completely forgot about Andor actually. Um, <laughs> Andor storyline and structure and oh, how, amazing and character development. Um, add that into Mandalorian season three and other seasons, and and Mandalorian unrivaled. is is unrivaled, unrivaled in every single way. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, yeah, and we're looking forward to it. Mm. We'll have every episode. Uh, We'll discuss every episode here on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we're really excited to see where this is going. So, thanks for joining us tonight on the Coruscant Nights podcast. We hope to have you back here next week or you know, whenever we upload. So, from the Coruscant Nights team, see you next Thank time. You. Thank you. Cut that out. <laughs>